listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. My name's Hef and uh, this is the AFL Fantasy podcast that doesn't focus on the superstars, we focus on the lesser knowns, they're going to help you win your Keeper Leagues. As per usual, I'm joined by my co-host Kays, how are you mate? Very well Hef, yourself? Yeah, not too bad, my uh, Keeper League team in our home league actually had a win this week uh, against Gerald, so it doesn't happen very often, I think I've had more wins this year than I've had all last year. And I beat Gerald like the week before, so that's great, Yeah. Just pumping the, one of the evil guys of the competition. Yeah. How many wins you had this year, Cass? Um, two and three. Yeah, um, I was screwed as soon as Matty Rao had a zero for me on the weekend. It was always, I was always up against it against uh, Once you have a zero Tom Tom, but uh, the zero was just like, oh, I'm, uh, I'm going to watch something else. Our league's pretty brutal how we don't play the, uh, play the time on ground roll, do we? Hey, mate, it's just, that's just the way the rules are, you know? You Pro can't. Keeper League, though, I've lost my first game of the year, which uh, sucks, but I'm still sitting top of that, I think. That's so. a pretty tight comp. Yeah, it's going it's, right. Uh, everyone's around the market, so it's good. Very even. Yeah. Um, watch much footy on the weekend? A uh, few games, yeah. yes. Uh, in and around it. Um, local footy was back. Yep. Oh, that's uh, right. So I was involved with uh, Mighty Walkerville Cats on Saturday, so missed a big chunk of Saturday, but uh, you know, plenty of st- still plenty of good footy uh, around. All right, we'll uh, get stuck in the round. We rewind in a second, but uh, mm-hmm. we got another shipment of uh, kombucha from Remedy yeah. this week. Uh, we're on the Mango Passion tonight, so I'm excited about the Mango Passion. Yeah, I haven't had it before, so uh, I'm pretty pretty happy with it. Uh, I had uh, a sneaky bottle last night, Kay's Once the shipment came in, I couldn't help myself. I had to dig in hmm. uh, before we did it, but yeah. Anyway. Did uh, you pass any of this kombucha on to Doss? Uh, well, Doss didn't come into the studio, so I can't like. Um, well, finally, tele- I can't teleport it to him. <laughs> well, you know that's good because I'm feeling encroached on. You know, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I find out this, this fucking Doss guy's on our podcast via Twitter. You know, like what the hell? <laughs> this yeah. is like the biggest nudge out of all time. Well, it's not the first time it happened, really. I think it came on last year when you were away. So uh, yeah, but you know, yeah. I was away. Like I was just just not available on one Monday night, and I'm cut. <laughs> I thought it was a good podcast. I think the members are uh, well, members liked it. Let's well, let's hear some feedback. I reckon. I from didn't the members. mind. I, on, to be honest, I didn't mind it. You know, obviously, me and uh, me and Doss's views differ on uh, young Benjamin Keys, but uh, you know, I think that's why it's just good to get a different perspective on every now and then. You know, yeah, but when you hate someone so much, <laughs> it's not really balanced. I think I'm a bit more balanced on my uh, keys than uh, he is. But what about you know? your Fiorini opinions, mate? Uh, look, Fiorini is a great player when he plays, but unfortunately, uh, the Neefer was not running this year, so it's uh, tough to score points. All right, let's stop. Uh, let's stop talking about keys and Fiorini, and let's talk about some uh, keeper league relevant players in our round. Rewind. the round rewind kicking off this week is Carlton versus St Kilda now Kays I believe you had a look at this one I did and just uh, quickly that mango passion is delicious yes it's not bad is it it's a ripper well done remedy anyway on to the footy Uh, Nick Caulfield I'll start off with the Saints 84 points from him he was super super impressive on Thursday night just seemed to be everywhere like uh, just always bobbing up all around the ground I know he had a a lot of uh, possession in the back half but still got plenty of it through the midfield and uh, up forward too so 20 touches and nine marks. That uh, Saints back line just are chipping it around quite nicely. And those um, defenders are getting a nice little scoring bump with the, the marks back there. But um, look, I suppose my only knock on Nick so far is that he's only laid five tackles in four games this year. Now, you know, we do love tackles, Hef, and, you know, you've got to win a lot of ball if you're not tackling. So I think Nick could definitely take his level up to another notch if he can start laying some four pointers. But uh, look, he's very, very classy and surprisingly only 60% owned for a, a back who's doing as well as 
this year. Do you know before the the lockout finished on Sunday night, he was forty four percent owned when wow. we did the Wave Wire podcast. Okay. So he's jumped, uh, you know, a little bit in that uh, in that uh, time. So he was even less than that before this week. He's one of my boys. He's in my backline, my up and coming backline that is uh, killing it this year. Mm. Very happy with the likes of Lloyd and Maynard now. Caulfield and uh, I still have uh, Dawson. Still have John Dawson <laughs> in there. <laughs> we'll talk about. Hey, you don't it. win them all, do you? Yeah, no, we don't. We'll talk about him when we talk about players that are becoming uh, back to the pod. <laughs> I think so. Okay. Anyway, Anyway, move on. Uh, next up, Dean Kent. He had 71 points. This is just a classic Dean Kent uh, suck you in kind of game. Uh, he's doing this for a couple of years now. So if you're new to the game, be wary. Uh, he was very dangerous up in the Saints forward. His pressure was absolutely amazing on the night, chasing blokes down, etc. Uh, he had 10 kicks, eight marks, and one goal, one. Now, he does this every now and again, as I said. But look, he'll, he'll play a game like this. You get sucked in, then he'll trot out 40s for a few months. So just look around for that uh, forward option in your forward line. Line. He's uh, there's better options around. He's a role player for the Saints. So yeah, Dean Kent's just one you always kind of look at, you know, in the list each year, and you think about it. Mm-hmm. Even like talking about him on the uh, on the early podcast when you look at St Kilda, mm-hmm. but then you just kind of remember what he does, and yeah, yeah you kind of forget about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah he screws you over. <laughs> yeah, uh, but one guy I'm very excited about is uh, my boy Josh Battle. Sixty points from him. Uh, the big battle axe on Thursday night. It really actually could have been anything. He uh, had one goal, two, and kicked one out on the full. I think it was just before halftime from basically the most unmissable of all positions. Didn't even get a, a point with that kick. But uh, finished the night with 12 touches, four marks, and a goal, and only played 67% time on ground. Now, what I'm loving about the battle axe at the moment is he is basically a shield of getting forward status so come round six he's going to be that beautiful back forward DPP which is uh, one of the big um, wins in ultimate footy but also with Rowan Marshall absolutely dominating as the one um, standout ruckman battle kind of comes in as their second ruckman now he only uh, picked up two hitouts on the weekend but what we do like is it also means he he went into a couple centre bounces he's around the ball he's very good once the ball hits the ground so he almost is like a you know sacrificial ruck rover in a way yeah so um as long as Rowan Marshall continues to be so dominant, there'll be no Paddy Ryder, which is good news for Josh Bell, and I think his uh, scores will continue to grow, especially the time on ground, and he's just their ultimate swing man. It's good news for Marshall owners, I think, uh, first and foremost, just not having Paddy Ryder. He's too good for the pot. <laughs> I know, but for not, not having Paddy Ryder in the in the side, just having a pinch hitter instead. Yep. So I just like seeing, like I remember following him pretty closely in his junior days because I wanted Port to either draft him or Todd Marshall, mm-hmm. one of the two. So I followed his uh, junior um, days pretty closely. It's kind of just cool to see him playing back up forward again, kicking a few goals and kind of the, when I kind of got to know him um, or guess started following him, I guess, um, that's what he was doing and I'm glad he's back to that. He's a massive size. He's, he a, he's a big boy. Uh, just quickly for the Saints, uh, Callum Wilkie had 60 points in the weekend, started off like a house on fire. He had nine touches in the first quarter, uh, then dropped away as the game went on. Uh, bit of a weird one. He was almost, I think he was leading the fantasy points at one time, but uh, just dropped off. Solid size and, and looking back through his stats, has the occasional good game, but uh, not as weekly starting option so just uh, follow him if you are interested but not too hot on him but uh, my boy Ben Patton another solid outing from him with uh, 59 points uh, 12 touches and 7 marks but what I like about Patton's marks is that they're not just the chip around the ground ones he genuinely comes back with the flight and takes some really really nice intercept marks so look he is um, averaging 59 this year uh, and look 
um, only 52% owned. So with a, uh, so a floor, sorry, of only 48, which is a pretty good uh, kind of second, third year for Patton. So one to keep monitoring him because I think he's going to be a, a very good player along with uh, Caulfield in their back line. Keeps popping up on this podcast. I thought he wouldn't be mentioned at all this year, but he's kind of scoring pretty he, well. Yeah, he's, he's worth talking about, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, just quickly for the Carlton Blues, who were very, very average on Thursday night. Will Setterfield had 62 points. Uh, serviceable game from him, but uh, I've really settled on the fact that he's never going to be a world beater or, you know, probably half as good as that hype came out when he um, left GWS uh, to Carlton. Look, he had 13 touches, three marks. Um, look, he had two goals, but uh, look, from 14 centre bounce attendances, probably needs to have a bit more of a bigger score than that. But as I, I talk about most weeks, Carlton have a real issue with those uh, those types, the Nunes, Philps, uh, set of field types. They could just, uh, you know, float in and out and no one would really know all yeah, throughout the year. Definitely. Now, the last one, Hef, Sam Walsh yep. had 44 points on Thursday night. Now, I might put him up as our first contender, contender to, for what are we calling it, two crap for the pod or? Well, two crap for the pod means you don't get mentioned at okay. all. Okay. Well, uh, crap enough for the pod, whatever I'm it is. I'm just going to well, say back to the pod. Back to the pod. Yeah. Uh, this is a genuine case of second year blues for Walsh. Now, obviously we're going off his lofty, lofty standards, but uh, this season he's had a 65, 69, 49, 90, which is a good score, and a 44. So that is basically a 68 Average. So if you put that into non-corona, it's about 80 to 85, which is still fine. Yeah. But it's, for me, I just think he now becomes like a tradable commodity. Like, you know, if you said to me at the end of last year, would you ever trade Sam Walsh if you owned him? I'd say, hell no. But I'm just a bit worried that these second year blues are kind of coming out. Because if you look at his first five games of last year, he went 87, 85, 107, 119 and 113. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I'm not saying he's officially in the back end pod calculations, but a uh, couple more average games and, uh, I'm, you know, I'm a bit worried. The only time I'm trading him is if I'm really gunning for a flag this year and I somehow got him last year by having to pick one in the draft, which is very unlikely. Mm. So that's the only um, the only way I'm kind of trading him because I ride these second year blues, you know, you, you have to with these type of players. You've seen what they can actually produce. Of course. So for, for a first time player, would you, uh, you know, wait it out for a guy with second year blues? Because obviously it is a, it's an actual thing you catch it absolutely i'd wait even a third year if you needed to and make my assessment on the fourth year well most people break out by their third year exactly. that well, too, that's so science so, isn't yes, it it's yeah. just actual science <laughs> all right let's move on to collingwood versus Essendon. now case i didn't see this one because uh mm. we were talking about this last week about the mm. last time we got drunk and yep. you know being in our 30s now and being a bit of a dad i hadn't drank in about well you know I, I'm, a, I'm obviously a beer connoisseur my twitter followers yeah. kind of know that but i never have more than like two or three mm-hmm. in one sitting type thing now on uh on saturday uh, sorry on friday night I had about 15 uh, going out in the town with some mates. Uh, we can do that here in Adelaide. <laughs> yeah. many, many, uh, We're not locked Victoria, down, suckers. Victoria can't yeah. do that. Um, and I was the most hungover I have ever been in my lifetime, I think. it's. I'm still feeling a little bit hungover now. Well, I'm Tuesday assuming night. you were drinking incredibly heavy beers. No, like we started, You weren't drinking West End drafts no, or we started like that, on, uh, we started on some random Korean lagers and uh, they were only 1.2 standards. But by the end of the night, I was drinking your uh, Russian Imperial Stouts and things like that. So, Well, potentially that's where it went wrong. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is here, my memory of the whole weekend's worth of footy from here on is, is a bit hazy, right? It's so, fuzzy, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, even, like, seriously, I'm still- So, I can over. tell you Ben Key's knocked out a 120, you believe me? Oh, no, I definitely wouldn't okay, believe that. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> anyway, I'll talk you through the uh, Collingwood Bombers game now. Uh, we're talking flags here at Essendon. Um, well, we were until Jake Stringer went down the package. He played an absolutely ripping game, 82 points from him, but uh, very sad he'll be gone for a while. Now, he was averaging 60.4 in that Coleman medal contention and very reliable in the Corona ball. What was interesting is he attended 
16 CBAs on uh, Friday night. Now, while he's injured for out for a couple months, you might be wondering why am I talking about him? But we're talking about who could t- kind of take some of these CBA bumps. Now, uh, Devin Smith's one who has a, had a pretty quiet year. So if you are kind of on the borderline of trading Fritz out, potentially keep him in your calculations. But, you know, we know Zach Merritt will come back in too. But from a forward side of things, I think that uh, Jaden Laverde could be the one who kind of gets a little bump. He played his first game for the season, had 33 points there, um, and ha- can put in some decent games. But uh, most of the time, he's playing second or third string up there. But uh, potentially with no stringer there, same size, quite strong, uh, medium-sized forwards, I reckon we could see a little bump from uh, Laverde. He plays. He plays more of a tall forward role, doesn't he? Like yeah. Like a hybrid type thing. But Essendon don't really have anyone to fill the, the stringer void is what I'm saying. I'm saying, so, yeah, I get you. But stringer yeah. was getting a bit of, uh, he had 17 centre bounces on the weekend. Yeah, I, so. and, but, you know, like that's, yeah. that we're talking potentially bumps for, you know, Brayden, yeah, 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 yeah. et cetera. But, you know, they might throw Laverde in there. I'm just thinking that Laverde is the, the natural kind of one who would get a bump from no I reckon he's Well, there. I think he's going to actually be playing, which is positive for Laverde. Mm. Laverde was a good junior scorer, by the mm. way. Um, I know that was a long time. They now, just play so. him very deep at Essendon. So, yeah, yeah. if he does get the opportunity we might see a little bit of a crazy breakout. He's 2G4P, but I think Parrish is going to really benefit from that as we well. We want to hope they put him in the midfield. Yeah. Anyways, Jeez. let's go on. Uh, Jordan Ridley, 79 points. Absolute gun. He's he's borderline 2G4P. Pretty close, He yeah. is one of the, I think he's like top five defender in, uh, if in he has, fantasy. If he has year. another week like this, I reckon we might have to ninth, call it. Sorry, he's the ninth highest average defender, which yeah, is fantastic. Good, he's come 10. from really nowhere. I wasn't even expecting this. I thought he'd be a pretty high quality player, but... Uh, Honestly, good luck getting him off anyone. If you did pick him up, probably late in a draft, you'd be licking your lips right about now. Uh, Andrew Phillips, he had 60 points. Now, he's an interesting one here because the Bombers are probably going to make him their number one forward, uh, number one ruck going forward, I should say. He had 11 touches and five tackles on the weekend, which is pretty solid. Now, um, he comes up against Toddy Goldstein, I think, this week, uh, which is a bit of a tough tough thing to make a case for him because Goldstein is dominant. But he did only have 13 hitouts against Grundy. Now, I think um, at 51% owned, I think he's probably takeable if you do need someone to fill potentially a utility spot or or a ruck spot if you're struggling in that area. I think that uh, he's going to be a much more reliable scorer than Bell Chambers. And yes, while he might not be winning a whole heap of hitouts, I think his around the ground stuff is handy enough to kind of make him a, a fantasy player. Yeah, he's one we talked about on the uh, Wave Wire podcast as well. If, if you need a ruck, which there's a lot of people out there because in keeper leagues people stock up on rucks in drafts mm-hmm. and things like that and they're yep. very hard to get your hands on because people charge an arm and a leg for them if they know you're struggling for a ruck as well so if you're having ad drops coming up or waiver wire um, uh, draft mini, mid-season drafts and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff um, he's definitely one to look at because at Carlton yeah he was a pretty reasonable he, he was, uh, averaged about 80 last year yeah, close he, did, to. he had some really good games last yeah, year so he's so. definitely capable I still feel like he's uh, you know just the kind of in-betweener for Draper mm-hmm. when he comes in but uh, I think Draper well Draper's actually playing in their trial matches and stuff yeah. at the moment. So I think he will get a chance soon as well. So just a couple to think about there, I reckon. Definitely. Now on to Collingwood, Josh Dacos, 89 points from him. This guy is super impressive. He is averaging 73 for the season and is generally a key part of the Collingwood side. Uh, 21 touches and three tackles, plus a goal for him on the weekend. He's got speed, class. He's also one that's potentially moving on to 2G for P. Material needs a few more games, definitely. But uh he might be low flying a bit, so if, uh, I don't know if he'll be on many waiver wise. But if you could somehow sneak him into your side through trade, uh, try and catch someone off guard, or if you, you know put someone who's a bit more 
uh, reliable and experienced up. I reckon he'd be one that would be great for your midfield coming up for the next five, ten years. Yeah, good luck getting him because I don't think too many people will be uh, coughing him up. But just one that I, out of the kind of uh, Collingwood kids, I didn't really expect him to do this no, this season out of probably the three not. that you look at. I thought Callum Brown was yeah, the, the next man same. that we probably both did. So, yep. um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, next one, Jaden Stevenson, 81 points from him. Uh, third up from a spell and is playing very good footy. Uh, had 12 touches, but also three marks and three snags. Now, with Jordan to go out this week and potentially indefinitely going forward, I think it might mean a big bump for him now. They love to go speed out the CBAs, um, you know, and I think that Jaden Stevenson's one who can also pinch hit in the guts a bit more now that he's back up to, you know, full fitness after um, an indifferent preseason. Now, he's that good link man. He leads up the ground beautifully, almost a bit of an old school uh, Crows Tom Lynch who did some good work in that half forward area. Also, never really misses a goal. He uh, he knows where they are. So, I think with Dugowie out, we can see some serious rise from Stevenson over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, Dugowie had 12 centre bounce attendances yeah. on the weekend. So, someone's going to get a bump there, I think. Um, it could be someone like Jamie Elliott even playing more yep. as well. Yep. So, that could be interesting there. Be interesting to see who they might bring in for him as well. So, mm. Doss was saying on the Wavewire podcast that uh, Braden Sire could even be in the mix as well, which would be very interesting, especially if Wills goes out as well. Very interesting. If Sire comes in, there would be a few people licking their lips. I know that for, for sure. Our leg. Uh, lastly, for the, the Pies, Matty Scharenberg came back with a 50. Now, I think this is a guy you need to have your eye on. Now, he's incredibly injury prone. But he's only 42% owned, and when he's on, he's a very, very good player, both real and fantasy footy, and to boot, the Pies absolutely love him. Now, it was good to see him actually get 84% time on ground, which is a lot more than I kind of thought coming uh, back up. So hopefully the fitness isn't an issue for him, but for some new players to the, the game, you might want to know why we're talking about a guy who is perennially injured, but... 2017, he averaged 79, and 2018, averaged 74. His first, his last kind of real cracks at uh, at footy. He's had a lot of games in the 80s and 90s, and I think uh, the Pies might need a class user in that back line uh, in replace of House. So if they get their mix right that back there, I think Matty Schoenberg will be one who kind of goes from that 42% ownership up to 70, 80, no dramas at all. Yeah, when he's fit, he definitely is a decent fantasy scorer. He's had some big games from memory, like. Mm-hmm. You know, plus hundreds, mm-hmm. um, big scores in there. And he plays the right type of football for fantasy. Just needs to get the body right and, uh, yeah, have a real crack at it. Anyways, let's move on to West Coast versus Sydney. I had a look at this game. Um, actually, I woke up at halftime of this game. So, uh, it was uh, pretty late in the afternoon too. That was about 2, 2.30. But anyway, um, I'll tell yeah, you what I saw from the, uh, the footy that I actually saw. So, uh, let's have a look at Nick Nat Nui. So, he had 86 points. Um, and from that, he had 39 hitouts. Mm-hmm. Um, Sydney playing without a really recognised uh, Ruckman. I can't remember the name of the Ruckman. Hayden uh, McLean. Hayden. Yes, it is. Yeah. You're right. Um, anyway, so he absolutely dominated. Um, he had 70% time on ground too, which is around his... His, um, his level. Yep. So, if you can get 86 points from 70% time on ground, you'd be pretty happy with that. Um, I guess the good thing as well is uh, Hickey just wasn't playing this week as well. And this leads into the next guy, Oscar Allen. So, he's the other guy who kind of backs up in the ruck. And I think this is so much better for Nick Natanui's scoring if Oscar Allen is in the side. Yep. And he had 81 points, but he kicked three goals to get there, which were all in junk time. Um, but he had seven hitouts too. And uh, like I was just saying, hopefully this is the end of Tom Hickey and these, mm. these two kind of play in tandem a little bit more. Up against the Crows this week. I really like him as a streamer this week as well. Big time. And you think that, uh, you know, they haven't had the best start to the season. So, they're probably going to try a few kids or try a few things, especially if the Hickey uh, 
Nick Nat combo wasn't working. So good news, I think, if you're an Oscar Allen owner, and especially this week against the Crows, who are bleeding points. Yep, absolutely. Uh, giving up the most of forwards, by the way. Mm. Um, Liam Duggan, uh, 69 points, uh, coming off a halfback flank. 40 kicks, three handballs. He's always a tease, but he is averaging 59 this season. Case you're shaking your head. Yes. You, you're, you're a never again man with Duggan? <laughs> no, or? no, I'm a Liam Duggan owner. Uh, and he's, uh, <laughs> that makes more sense. He's that... Uh, you just don't know when to play the bastard, and yeah. you know, like he's 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 doing fine because at the, at the moment fifty nine average is fine. But you know, like when you things are tight this year in our league, and you know, like ten or fifteen points can almost make the difference. Absolutely. And him getting a forty or a sixty nine is the is almost the difference between winning and losing a game. If you can somehow handcuff him, he's a he's a fantastic uh, handcuff. Sorry, um, loophole him. He's a great loophole option because you know if he gets that seventy, that's a definite starter. But then he's also prone to a forty or so. But uh, I think he. I'm really interested to see what happens with this year with, you know, Shepard, Hearn aging and that kind of thing. If he kind of slots into that more creative role off the halfback line, it will be uh, interesting for Duggan owners. All right, on to one of my boys, uh, Jake Waterman, returned to the side this week and had 63 points. He was really lively up forward. He had uh, two goals and uh, five marks up there as well. He will hold his spot this week and he has a lot of potential. So last week, I've talked about this a million times, it feels, but last year, sorry, he was uh, sometimes pinch hitting in the midfield or on a wing role and stuff like that. And he does kind of have the potential to actually play those outside roles where he can score, but he can sneak forward and kick goals as well. Mm-hmm. Kind of a lot, lot like Andrew Gaff, I reckon, but with a bit more goal scoring now. Us, mm-hmm. um, but not quite as much as good of a stat getter. But anyway, um, similar type of uh, well, similar type of potential, I think. So keep an eye on him going forward. Uh, that's it for the West Coast boys. We'll move on to some Sydney guys. So Oliver Florence, sixty-nine points, playing on his ring. Uh, it's playing on his wing that he plays every week. He's averaging sixty-eight this season. So Kays, do you think he has another level to go this year, or do you think it's going to be continual development? No, definitely. I think um, as uh, Jay Joshy Kennedy, sorry, uh, gets a bit older, I think he'll get a bit more responsibility. There's a few of those younger guys through that Sydney midfield. So it's interesting to find, kind of find their mix. You know, we've seen, um, you know, Mills, Heaney all kind of run through there and Dawson at times too. So uh, I think Robottom, who you talk about later too. It's just interesting to see their mix. But I do think that uh, from what we saw, especially earlier in the season, Florent had some um, really good numbers. So uh, I think he's kind of got that next level to go up to. Wouldn't surprise me in a year or so that he's a 100 averaging mid. Yeah, right. Big call. Uh, Nick Blakey, uh, he had 62 points. Uh, didn't kick a goal. So I thought this was interesting because this kind of just shows he can score without kicking them for a forward like he is. So you know, we all know he's pretty tall. He was drafted as a key mm-hmm. forward, um, played junior as a key forward, but it doesn't really play like a true uh, true key forward in Sydney's forward line. Um, he plays more of a kind of roving forward or can push high up the ground and that sort of stuff as well. Um, he had 10 kicks, three handballs and five marks as well. So there's some pretty good stats, especially on the, the kicking side of things mm-hmm. um, in terms of that ratio. And he is a good user of the ball, so he will use the uh, use the foot um, a fair bit throughout his game. So yeah, he's one to definitely stash going forward. I think he's going to be a good fantasy scorer in the future. Yeah, big on Blakey. Uh, James Robottom, so he had 61 points and he's getting more midfield time this season. It's just not really translating to that fantasy scoring just yet. Mm-hmm. did have 16 disposals and the four tackles really got him there um, so yeah I'm, I'm still high on him I still think he's going to be good but I just don't yep. think we're going to see much more than that this year yeah look he's um, his last three games he's average he's sorry he's all scored in the 60s so you know solid enough for, for Corona you're talking you know low, high 70s low 80s um I like the fact that he's actually starting in the guts. His CBAs are very high. I think he's just one you got to stick through. He's uh, going. He's in his second year, so you know, kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. Definitely. He's playing. He's in the middle. I think you know next year could be easier where he goes bang. Yep, I agree. All right, let's move on to Geelong versus Gold Coast. 
Uh, I had a look at this one. Again, I was wide awake. I had a couple of coffees by this time. Um, <laughs> a bit of Maccas. I was fine by then. What's so your Maccas go to? I didn't actually have Maccas. Oh. <laughs> I didn't, don't I, lie. I didn't, eat, I didn't eat all day. I was that crook. I couldn't keep anything down. I think I had a pe- bit of pizza for dinner and that was about it. Nice. Um, but usually Maccas is my fix, um, but just couldn't do it on the weekend. My go-to is always a Big Mac though. Really? Yeah, I love Big Macs. Just that sauce. What do you, yeah, what do you go to? Uh, no, I wouldn't go Macca's. No? I'm a, um, either a Whopper or a, a Zinger man. I do have a Hungry Jack's down the end of my street, so I probably should have hit that Can't up. Can't beat an angry Whopper. What, the uh, the cheesy um, the cheesy Whopper or whatever, the cheesy burgers at Macca's don't took you fancy, mate. Uh, deep fried deep fried mozzarella. Sounds I haven't tried one of them. I wouldn't mind either. having a go, but uh, <laughs> Macca's for breakfast is my thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. yep, definitely. All right, let's get on to this game. Uh, first uh, player we're going to talk about is Sam Menegola. So 106 last week, 89 this week. Is he back to his best case? What do you think? Potentially. If he's not, I still don't think he's can be get back to his best because he's not listed as a forward. So that was yeah. his ultimate prime, Sam Menegola. So he's playing he's not taking a lot of CBAs, I don't think, from memory, but he is kind of roaming around the ground. Definitely gets a lot of ball across half back in the midfield and stuff like that. So I don't think he's actually playing as a true forward, just not getting the CBAs. But Case, if if he continues like this, is he two G four P? Probably, but yeah. Do you just worry that he could be dropped at any moment and it wouldn't surprise you? Not anymore. Okay. Well, I didn't even think he could last year. It was just he was more injury and then come back and just couldn't get back into it. But then I think the, the telling sign last year, I think, was he actually played finals for Geelong. I know he wasn't named the first game, but then he came in for Reece Stanley because, you know, that's just what Chris Scott does. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy shit like that. So I think that the, the telling factor was him pl- back playing finals and then back playing this year. I have, I have confidence in his job security for sure. Um, Gary Rowan so 83 points uh, he popped up again I think he's had a couple big scores or plus 80 scores this season but uh, just playing his normal forward role he's just as likely to get your 30 next week so just well done Gary but we'll just let that one slide <laughs> well done Gary you've Dean cantered yourself yeah, well yeah. done mate uh, Brandon Parfit uh, he had 79 points now surely case this guy is 2G4 very much so he's a gun yeah. um, if he can just I think he just needs to get his body 100% right and play string you know 5-10 games together and it's a big tick for just being yep. way too good for this pod. So he had 11 possessions and 11 tackles. Yeah. So he matched his possession in tackles. That's where he's getting all this scoring from. And I just can't see that dropping away. You, oh, you can always tackle. Yeah, you know, exactly. And that's the thing. If you're not getting the ball, you can always tackle. And he's obviously yeah. around the mark uh, in terms of finding it because he's playing 11 tackles. You've got to be close. But and I love that. I love that. I would rather someone who has six tackles and 15 touches each week than, you know, 20 and one. Yeah. Sure. All right, Brandon Parfit, uh, averaging 87 this year. Just deleting him off the show doc here. He's gone. 2G, 4P. All right, uh, Luke Dowhouse. He had 75 points, 18 disposals. What was interesting is he spent a bit more time in the midfield uh, this week. Um, he is a player that I reckon you could actually get pretty cheap as well. Um, just because last season he wasn't great. I think he was quite injury affected last season. I can't remember. No, last season he was okay, I reckon. I he can't just remember. Is mainly a forward. Yeah, just playing up forward. Um, so, yeah, I think. I think he is one you could actually get quite cheap because uh, not a lot of people would be uh, looking at him, I don't think. So, yeah, just uh, have a think about him um, going forward. What do you reckon, Case? If you could get him cheap, yes. I don't yeah. know if I'd be paying. I'd, I'd be very wary about paying overs for him because he's just as likely to slide back into a yeah, pressure forward role. And, you know, we've seen like guys like, um, you know, Jake Stephen come through there, him, um, our boy Graham Myers. You know, there's a few guys who are, you know, can play that similar, you know, m- mid 
wing, half forward role where, you know, it's not always guaranteed points. I reckon just monitor him over the next couple of weeks to see what he does. Yep. Just keep a close eye because a lot of people won't be looking at him. Uh, Jack Stevens, 71 points. He's working his way into the season, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mid forward role, which is nice for fantasy. He'll keep that forward status going forward if he keeps this up, which would be good. You've got him in your team, Kays. How's yep. he performing for you? Uh, solid. You know, that's, you know, after the, the uh, unfortunate the injury. Incident. The injury. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, you know, like if he's knocking out 71s for the next couple of weeks, I'd be ecstatic. And if he can knock out a 90, 100, you know, in a few more weeks' time, I'd, I'd be stoked to get him back to that, um, you know, that level that he was playing at you know, a few years ago. I don't think he'll ever get back to that dominant mid like he was at uh, St. Kilda in his day. But if he can be a, you know, an 80 averaging forward, happy days. Sure. Um, Darcy Fort. Now, he wasn't awful on the weekend like I thought he may be. He had 65 points and. 25 hit outs, which is quite good considering he was competing against Wits, who was one of the better Ruckman mm-hmm. in the uh, in the competition. Now, we know that he was a sandful uh, jet in terms absolute of fantasy, yep. uh, playing the, in the league side for our central districts here, and uh, absolutely dominating in terms of fantasy anyway. He got drafted Geelong uh, as a result. Um, but look, if you need a Ruck option, I think he might be handy until I guess Stanley comes back. But if he keeps performing like this, it's going to be a very tough battle um, with, between the two. I still think Stanley comes out on top. Yeah. But if he can somehow hold his spot, he he might not be the worst uh, ruck option, or is he forward this year? I just really worry about Geelong rucks. For yeah. the last, you know, five years, they've just been an absolute ruffle. You know, who's playing, who's not. Uh, Stanley's out for another couple of weeks, so I think you've got another couple of weeks to have a genuine look at uh, Darcy Fort. Yep. But uh, you know, once he's fit, uh, yeah, I'm just a bit wary. I'm just trying to think what he's named. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to look up quickly, but I've just gone lost here. Uh, what he, where he's actually listed in fantasy this year. I think he got, for some reason I think he might be a Ford only, but I could be wrong there. Surely he's a um, ruck. Yeah, that's what I thought as well, but I'm not sure. Anyway, I thought I just saw that. Anyway, I'll have to look that up later. Too many Some, beers. Someone can tweet us in. Too many someone, kombuchas tonight. Someone can tweet that in uh, this week and let me know what's going on there. You'll be perfect by the end of the show with the kombucha <laughs> under your belt. Definitely. Uh, Nick Holman uh, moving on to some Gold Coast players here. He had 70. Nick Holman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had 74 points so i got to talk about him so our little thing if people haven't listened to this before i don't really get what we do i generally look at uh 75 and above like to be worth talking to mm-hmm. but this is you know that's pre-corona yes so now 74 is definitely over the mark for this one um that's well into the 80s um here so um that's why i'm talking about nick coleman uh look he started forward but spent time in the midfield so what was interesting he had Zero CBAs last week, but had six this week. Mm-hmm. Now, was this a result of Rao going down and him just getting a bump, you know, out of that? He looked like he was being used as a bit of a tagger, though, as well. Mm-hmm. Bit of a bit of a Ben Keys type role. A gun. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far because he's a Nick Holman and you know that he's not. <laughs> but uh, look, is this, well, yeah, do you, can you see this kind of occurring normally or do you think as soon as, you know, Rao's replaced in the side, mm-hmm. that will be a midfielder that will come in and take that role? Uh, I think he's a, a pressure forward and I think that there'll be someone to come in and replace Rao this week and I yeah. don't think he'll be back in the midfield, but... Could be wrong, but I don't. I don't think he's. He's that quite good at locking down, so I'm thinking he might get a tag job here and there, which could mm. see little bumps like this where he's being led to the ball and ta- laying tackles and things like that. Yeah, just keep an eye on that one. But can we just quickly have a moment of silence for Matt Rowe? Yeah, sure. Okay, moving on to yes. uh, Noah Anderson, um, 64 points. Um, he seemed to be getting a lot more midfield time as well, but just zero CBAs. But where he was getting the pill, it looked like he was just kind of, you know, getting a bit of a bump with mm-hmm. Rowell out as well. So, could we see him as the man that kind of takes over? I don't think he is Matt Rowell, no, but I think he's really serviceable. Even uh, if you look through Gold Coast's midfield, it's quite strong, like weirdly to say. You know, like they've got 
a fair few half de- you know fair few decent players you know Miller Swallow not you know household names as such but you know for him to kind of jump straight into that Matt Rao role I think they've probably got a couple others that could fill it uh, is it Braden Fiorini don't um, know don't know he wasn't even listed as an emergency last week so mm. um, might not be but uh, you know I'll let you battle that one out with Doss I'm not going to get involved uh, in it nah, nah. don't need to <laughs> battle one when you've won, when you've won uh, I just want to be the nice humble Victor all right next game. Uh, Rightio, it's me. Uh, Western Bulldogs versus North Melbourne. Now, uh, a guy kind of, uh, not wrote off, but uh, didn't expect too much uh, when he was first named to the Dogs is Leith Vandermeer. He had 76 points on the weekend, 13 touches, six tackles, and one goal. Now, uh, you kind of think now, uh, Smith went down early, uh, played bugger all, natural bump there. Yes, or well, kind of, but he, uh, Leith also was concussed and missed some footy. Only played 62% time on ground. Now, knocking out a 76 out of 62% time on ground is very, very good football. Now, I was also worried about his, you know, safety in the side. But if you look uh, back since when he's been playing, you know, guys like Lipinski have come in, West, uh, Libertore have all come in, haven't dislodged him. Other guys have gone out. And then you look at that, like Smith might miss this week. Uh, Lin Jong's out, uh, unfortunately, too. So, you know, there's a few guys going out, uh, Crozier as well. So I think he's very well and truly uh, holding a spot there. And only 19% owned for um, center forward DPP is interesting. Now, I doubt he'll set the world on fire. But uh, if you are after someone who, you know, could sneak a few points here and there uh, in a tough season. He might be one to look at. And even as a stash, if you want to, uh, might be worth a, a risk. Yeah, I, he's one that I've kind of looked at every week in Fantasy Classic and go, I could bring Leith in, but there's better potential elsewhere. But his break is consistently low. And I'm kind of kicking myself I hadn't brought him in earlier because he seems mm. to have locked down a spot where he's playing he every week. Yeah, and he's yeah. not scoring that poorly either. Mm. Um, just hopefully that concussion doesn't keep him out this week. But Correct. hopefully, they both, both him and Smith hopefully pull up. Yeah. But we'll have to wait and see there. But I, I don't mind him as an option. If he keeps performing like this, he's definitely going to be fantasy relevant. So. Uh, Josh Bruce, he had 83 points and about fucking time. Uh, I was keen on him this season. I uh, drafted him. I actually traded him out for Corey Ellis just so I could get, you know, doesn't matter. Um, but anyway, he had six marks. Wait, wait, wait. The week you traded him out. He scored 83. Yeah, but awesome. I wouldn't have filled him. I wasn't, wasn't going to field him anyway. Uh, six marks, six goals. Now, before the weekend, interestingly, he hadn't taken more than two marks or kicked one goal in a game. Now, he's uh, had a... Day out, uh, kicking six and marking six. Potentially the the Shacky Bruce combo suits combo suits him better than when Norton was in there. Now we see Norton's out for probably another couple of months, and Josh Shacky had a pretty serviceable game. I think he kicked two snags. So potentially with uh, Bruce playing a bit more of the the stayer at home or closer to home, uh, and hopefully now got some confidence up, he could be one to to throw in. Now at his best, he was a sixty six average forward at, at St Kilda, but uh, probably looking elsewhere. But I think he's you know I've the first few weeks I tried to have him as a loophole and he just continually let me down. But uh, now that he's kicked his bag, he might be uh, willing to go on with it. One to monitor. I don't have a lot of confidence, but uh, can I just back up a bit? Did you say you traded Corey Ellis for Josh Bruce? Yeah, so in our league, you have to have a non-playing person to get the loophole score. Oh, and I so didn't you have didn't have one, so that's back. why you did it. I didn't have a non-playing back, and uh, thankfully... So you traded him it? out just for a loop one-week loophole? Yeah, well, I've got so many forwards. I don't that's, need that's him. That's the way your brain operates. That's fine. I'm just, it almost just trying worked. to process that It one. almost worked. <laughs> All right, uh, 
Oh, how much did you want to get the win this week? I was playing Tom desperately when I was <laughs> getting the win. Okay. Uh, uh, move on. Easton Wood, he had 68 points. Now, uh, a nice intercept game from the skipper here. Uh, had nine marks and 14 touches. Now, when he's in that mood, uh, Easton Wood can actually score pretty well because he, he takes a fantastic intercept mark, flies through, and loves the three-pointers. But uh, he just does it too irregularly. Now, if we're looking forward, I'm actually quite keen on Easton Wood as a, a streamer option for this week because they're playing the Blues and they're... Their disposal on Thursday night was uh, atrocious, so he could definitely gobble up a few intercept marks on um, on whenever they're playing. Um, and while he's not going to be one that you'd go forward, if you do want to kind of uh, throw someone in off the waiver wire and potentially loophole him this week, I think he could be one that could be very handy. Pretty interested in the next guy you've got written down here, Kays. Give yes. us your thoughts on Curtis Taylor. Yeah, 70 points from him on the weekend and the Rising Star nomination. So uh, 13 touches, five marks, three tackles and two goals. That's a very, very nice uh, game uh, for a first well, you know, young player. I don't think he's first year, second year player, I think. Now, I like him uh, and his scores have been quite solid. Uh, actually played 88% of game time on the weekend and hasn't played less than 76. So North are you know, really giving him keys to the Commodore and, and Letting him out there and run around, but uh, I'm feeling he's probably a bit more quality over quantity. But saying that, about the same time a year or two, probably last year, I kind of thought the same about Jai Simpkin, and now he's taken the next step up. Now, I think with uh, guys like Taylor, he's that he's that not awkward size. He's a he's a taller guy, gets around quite mobile. Um, I just think he needs to be blooded. So it'll be very interesting to monitor this year. I think I don't know if he's that highly owned, but uh, if no, you can sure. if you can stash him, uh, he could be a very handy option because uh, he's got a lot of class, and they're going to be playing him a lot going forward with Simpkin in that midfield. So one I would be uh, watching very very closely. Just having a quick look here, he's thirty five percent owned. He's a big player in the fantasy classic format. Mm, pretty much yeah. everyone owns him, and are pretty happy with what he put out on the weekend. Yeah. So yeah, no, I don't mind this as an option. I want to see a bit more from him before we kind of make a real assessment but good signs on the weekend and lastly for the kangaroos i can't believe i'm actually saying this but robbie tarrant he scored 77 points on the weekend and he actually in this weird crazy 2020 we're going through could be your d5 this year now since the return of footy his lowest score has been 50 and his highest score has been 77 so that's a range of 60 to 93 now if we're talking for your last defender that's actually not the worst uh, when you're playing in that five defender comp now what i love his disposal um you know slash kick count has been very high he's had a minimum of 10 kicks per game uh since uh footy return and on the weekend took 10 clunks now what's great is he's hardly coming off the ground so you're almost getting close to 100% game uh, time on ground from him and he's actually filled well this year he's, he's playing well the ruse aren't you know completely crap and uh, yeah I think he could even even be a starter for most uh, teams well a lot of uh, leagues are coming into their ad drop period I think mm. in two leagues this week I've got uh, a drop or um, a mid-season draft coming up so uh, yeah it's definitely getting to be that time and if you're really struggling for defenders he could be an option because he'll play every week yep. he, I have noticed his intercept marking has mm. really come oh, look he's year. not the sexiest player no, by any stretch imagination but if you're getting a you know a, a you know, Corona 50 from your, your final defender each week that's uh, solid enough for me happy with that alright so I was speaking 
talking about how I was trying really hard not to vomit all day. Mm-hmm. Watched the Brisbane Port Adelaide game and all came up there. I just started vomiting all through that one. So I didn't really. Nah, I didn't. I did, did watch it. No, I don't know. I was just saying. Does, Port's, Ken, does Port's, Ken, will Ken still have a job on? You know, next Port's week? performance uh, made me vomit. Is what I'm trying to say. There, case. I was getting. Trying I knew that. Trying to make a saying. joke. Uh, <laughs> nah. Uh, yes, Ken will have a job because too many people love him for the mediocrity that he produces. Oh, he was the greatest coach that's ever coached. Not from not couple from weeks me, ago not from, from me. you from your mouth and pretty now much I can go back through my Twitter archives here I'll show you it said, someone's tw- uh, tweeted in the other day or Facebooked in one of the two said Hef must be up about Porter Porter sitting at the top of the ladder I'm like we've beaten two of the bottom You're sides still top of the ladder right yeah we are yeah. two of the bottom sides and two sides that are horribly out of form this has 2017 written all over it where we went the whole year without beating a top eight side and finished fifth all right so let's just not get too carried away here um, well Brisbane very good or were you poor we were very poor and they were very good. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, Oscar McInerney, uh, 74 points. Uh, seeming uh, more and more like Brisbane's number one right going forward uh, from this point onwards. Mm-hmm. I reckon it's very clear that the transition has started. Oscar McInerney is going to be the number one right going forward. Because up forward, though, and kicks goals as well. So, mm-hmm. he is one. Um, oh, I'm going to say this out loud and hopefully none of my other leagues actually listening. I'm, I've got an ad drop pick coming up very soon. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping he slides two more picks and gets to me because I'm going to snap him up and play him as a forward this season I think he's going to be a handy pickup. are we talking a bit of uh, Rowan Marshall about Big O yeah I think so mm. yeah a little bit about him yeah heard so it I'm, here first I'm hoping he can slide to me in this uh, draft that's coming up so hopefully no one listens between now and probably tomorrow afternoon where I've got my pick anyway uh, Lincoln McCarthy he had 63 points look he had a good game but uh, look popped up with a couple of goals doesn't play a super fantasy friendly role always seems to come up good against Port Adelaide so maybe streaming against uh, when he's playing Port next yeah. year might be a good one mm-hmm. uh, Daniel McStay he had 60 points and I don't think you'll see him play a better game he kicked the goals taking marks everywhere and he still didn't score that well but he looked like he was absolutely killing I think he was on like 30 something in the first quarter so absolutely killing to start off with but yeah I don't think you'll see him play a better game and don't be tricked by the uh, the score that come out he's not someone I'd be relying on each week uh, Zach Butters here at 85 points uh, moving on to Port Adelaide now obviously 85 points for Zach Butters uh, playing mostly up forward um, but does uh, get up the ground a bit sometimes can have a little bit of a run on the wing too uh, he kicked two goals had 18 touches three tackles up forward still only a streamer for mine just because of the fluctuation in his scoring and it really depends on how Port are going uh, week to week whether he gets involved in the play a bit more or not so not one that I'm super high on at the moment but there's definitely potential there and definitely a streamer option for this season um, I heard that uh, Connor Rosie's having the worst season in the whole entire world, according to the Adelaide Meter. He's, he's useless. He's <laughs> shit. Is Zach Butters a chance to kind of take some of the, you know, the not as good as what he can be, but, you know, can he kind of slot in if, he, if he's out of form? Can Butters be one that kind of takes, you know, takes a bit of ownership? Um, what do you mean by that? Like in the midfield, like he's playing or just up forward or? Yeah, like, you know, if someone's out of form, is Butters the guy that can come in and replace someone who's out of form? No, I think Butters just does his job up forward each okay. week and that's his thing. I think Rosie is still the real deal. It's just the second year blues. Plus, he's not even that bad. Like he still does one or two hey, I didn't freakish say that. things. Yeah, no. But he just does, well, a lot of people are. He just still does like one or two freakish things in a game from a footy perspective. It's mm-hmm. quite good just fantasy wise. It's not the best for you right now. Um, moving on though, Charlie Dixon. So 57 points. What was interesting here? He didn't kick a goal and also spent some time on the bench with a bit of an injury, a knock to the knee as well. And he still scored well regardless. Like the 57 points is pretty good for a, 
for a key forward that doesn't kick a goal in a game, mm-hmm. you never see Jack Rewald or someone do something like that. So, Hell no. um, look, good signs going forward, I think. If Charlie Dixon's available, um, I reckon he's one Is he just up. clunking him with his big bicep Not balls? as much on the weekend. Charlie Dixon, if you watch him real closely, he doesn't really have the best hands. He looks good when he does take them, but he drops a lot of marks and a lot out in the lead and stuff like that. So, I don't know. He, he's more he's, he puts pressure on, he tackles, and he works hard to get the ball and then uses a lot by foot when he does get it. When he does, you know, put a few through the big sticks, he's generally going to get you around that 80 mark because of all the kind of hard work he does to actually get it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that's where he gets most of his scoring. So, I think he's one that you can kind of semi-rely on each week. I reckon, you know, three three out of four games he's going to score reasonably this year, I think. So, mm-hmm. we'll uh, move forward onto Adelaide versus Fremantle and the good old-fashioned wooden spoon-off here, which uh, Fremantle came out on top. So, it's going to be very hard for Adelaide to win a game going forward, I would think. Only against Melbourne. Melbourne are horrible. I still think Melbourne will absolutely shit down their necks. They should, but Melbourne are genuinely like clapping monkeys with the symbol. Like they have got Max Gorn will single handedly. He could Max Gorn could have fifty touches, (laughs) fifty hitouts, and kick fifty goals. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, Ben Crocker, um, probably one of the worst uh, tattoo sleeves I have seen, and I'm a fan of the tattoo sleeves. But geez, he's a horrible. He was, I don't he know if like I've he's got really looked at it. Ten drawings all over him in between, filling in the gaps. Anyway, I'm just got to stop knocking the crows because my bias is just coming through. I think correct. Uh, seventy points. The guy in a port jumper is knocking <laughs> the crows. Who would have thunk it? Ben Crocker had seventy points. Uh, didn't kick a goal, so that was a pretty decent return. Um, look, would I pick him up? No, um, but I think his 70 points on the weekend was just probably worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. One to look at, but I don't think he's going to be producing this consistently anytime soon. Even at Collingwood, when he was playing, he never really dominated the score sheet for our fantasy. So no, he, he used to tick away and just do enough, you know, yeah. to kind of keep. He was uh, one year I had him as like a, a cash cow, and he kind of went okay when he played, but yeah, wasn't wasn't the best. I think he went a bit more. Uh, definitely. Uh, Tom Duday, uh, he had 60 points. Well, I think we talk about him every week because this is mm-hmm. about what he scores each week, but I don't mind him as your last defender bench option. Takes a lot of marks defence. Um, so if you're struggling and he's available, try to get him in for your last defender option. Or if you want to play a bit of money ball and get a, get a player like him in, I don't mind him as an option. I think if the Crows can somehow recruit a half-decent Defender in the next year or two. Well, Daniel Duke, Talia, not good enough for you. No, like Fisher another, McAsee, not good enough for Well, him. not. He's 18 <laughs> and gangly. And then you've got Carl Hardigan and you've got Luke Brown and Jake Kelly who are, you know, average. Yeah. I think if you could, like, a genuine- Free him up a little bit. Is what yeah, free say, him yeah. up. And I think yeah. Duday could- could start to shine big time. Uh, ben Keys. Fuck. Here we go. Fucking hell. I didn't even bring it up. This is like Christmas. 59 points. I think just that 59 points is worth mentioning. Uh, he tagged Sun Sun in the, uh, in the game. So Apparently dominated Sun Sun. Yeah, well, this it's weird. I think, I oh, know someone said Sun Sun had a good game, but fantasy-wise it wasn't great. Um, he was okay when he did get the ball, but Ben Keys is actually just doing a really good job at locking people down. Not something you really want half. as a fantasy. It was only 59 points this week, but I think as a forward, he's pretty valuable. Um, in ultimate footy, so for sure, yeah, he's definitely worth having if he's there around. There won't be two G four P. One year of tagging next year, number one midfielder at the Crows. All right, enough about your boy. Let's talk about my boy, uh, Andrew Brayshaw. One hundred and six points, the top scorer for the game in the cripple fight that is Adelaide versus Fremantle. Um, look, twenty three disposals, five tackles, eighty two percent disposal efficiency. Obviously, Fife was out, but he only attended forty seven percent of the CBAs for Frio. So. That's up only up 5% from uh, last week. So it's not uh, a huge bump in CBAs, but it was kind of noticeable that he wasn't spending as much time up forward. He was moving around the ground. What was interesting as a result of that, though, um, Darcy Tucker spent a lot less time inside mid as well. So I think that kind of is dependent. His scoring is more dependent 
or just as dependent on that as it is with Fife out, I think, as well. Fife will obviously hinder it. But that's one to kind of think about as well. If Darcy Taker's lining up on the wing. Fife's back this week, isn't he? They're saying that, but wow. I think it might be a bit it's of a- unfortunate for Brayshaw. It might be a bit of a ruse. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Adam Chera, he had 88 points and he only had three CBAs, but he was just all over the ground as well. He had two clearances. Um, look, as a defender, oh, that, that just indicates that he was actually kind of playing some midfield time, just getting to some stoppages. Um, but as a defender, he is a super handy player. And I think he does keep that going forward, especially if you're picking it now, I reckon. you have any opinion I'm on I'm just still thinking about Andrew Brayshaw and if he's any good or not. He's good. He just needs to get the right role and the right amount of time on ground. That's the uh, that's the key. So he's there. like a very very poor man's Darcy Parish. Oh, he's scoring one hundred and two points, one hundred and six points this week. So. Oh, for the first time <laughs> in his whole life. Well <laughs> he's done. Had, he's had a few tons. He's like this is Corona ball points as well. This yeah, is huge. So has this he ever scored huge. a ton before this? Yeah, pretty sure he has. Late last year, oh, he scored. I'll, I'll look that up. Yeah, you late, continue your. Late last year, I'm pretty sure he scored a ton. You continue uh, to your, get me up and about. your research. Uh, Darcy Tucker, he had 86 points and he was pushed more outside this week. Uh, didn't affect his scoring, though. As a forward, he's averaging 76. Uh, we talk about him every week. What's the go, Kaz? You looked it up? I'm hey, um, still going. Sorry. He's, okay. a, he's a jet, Darcy Tucker. Yeah, he is. He's average, like, As a forward, he's doing pretty well. He's probably going to lose that going into next year, which yeah. might make him a little bit less valuable. But for yeah. now, Kaz, is he too good for the pod? No, not, not yet. Quite. I still want in another Ooh. week or two. Okay, fair just enough. Just another week or two. A 76 average, not good enough for you? Not just yet. Have you looked it up yet? Just keep talking. Oh, that's I'll it. I've got to move on to the next game. You've got, well, you've got two more guys to talk about. Do I? Yeah. Oh, oh wait. No, you're right. I've just scroll down the page dig. a little bit. <laughs> oh, it's on the new page. Uh, James Ash, he had 82 points on the other wing, uh, opposing uh, Tucker. Um, I'd like him to be a little bit more consistent, but he is playing some good uh, fantasy football at the moment. One of your boys, Kays, what's your comment? Uh, I love James Ash. I told you, I told everyone he would be a good scorer this year. No one believed me and I feel so vindicated. So thank you, James. It's good that you're actually getting a couple right this year. So yeah. really good I'm worried about, no, I'm not worried. I think when Blake Akers comes back, I think Brett Buley will be bye-bye because uh, James Ash has been a bit better than Buley. Okay. Uh, Brayshaw scored two tons last year. There you go. I knew yeah. he did. Um, Ethan Hughes is my last one I'm going to talk about for Fremantle. So he had 63 points this week. In back-to-back good weeks, he had 67 the week before. Plays a pretty fantasy-friendly role running off that halfback flank. I'm putting him out there as a sneaky little pickup. Mm. He's only well, only 6% owned when we started the show, Doc. I think that was Monday. Yeah. Um, only 6% owned. And look, playing that role, Luke Ryan's playing more the key defender, centre-back role, which is kind of freeing him up a bit more. Only 6% own. Just put him in your black books. Have a look at him. Or if you've, you know, you, oh, for example, I've got Tom Campbell on my list I'm considering getting rid of. He might be one I'm uh, thinking about dropping this week and picking up someone like Ethan Hughes. Well, hopefully Hughes is better than your, uh, sorry, better than my sneaky little pickup from last week, Mark O'Connor. He uh, <laughs> didn't deliver, but, you know, I was never promising anything. I was just, you know, just thinking out loud. Give him time. Yeah. Uh, Melbourne versus Richmond. You had a look at this one? Yes. Um, so, uh, for the Ds, uh, some interesting scores but um you know not good enough uh, come the game michael hibbert uh, 86 for him now he's uh, solid enough game for him 25 touches which is a uh, pretty good corona ball he's had an absolutely shocking last couple years he uh, 69 and 61 has been his average he's actually now averaging 71 uh in corona ball now scores of 85 43 and 86 uh this season but he had been dropped between rounds one and four now still Saying that, with a 71 average as a defender, I can't get excited about him. He's 30 years old. These are deplorably shit, but he's still 84% owned as well. Now, if you're having a crack, you might be 
you could think that you could get him. Maybe. I don't know. He's just so risky. I just think there's so much risk because he could be out, you know, next week and it wouldn't surprise me or he could probably continue scoring up and it also wouldn't surprise me. I just think there's there's not enough positives that outweigh the negatives with Hibbert. Yeah, I have been burnt by Hibbert before. So, I'm not someone that, you know, I don't I don't really want to go with, like near him. But that said, he has shown that in the past he can be a decent Oh, he, he used to be a very, very good fantasy defender at uh, Essendon. Yeah. And he could be again. He could kind of have a bit of a, a resurgence. But um, there's risk involved now. So, if you did want to target him, you could probably get him for cheap from someone uh, who wants to get a, a younger guy off you if you did want to try. But it would be a, a very risky play. Uh, next one is Stevie May. He had 85 points and finally a good game. So, 20 touches and 8 marks. And genuinely, this is the game he should be playing week in, week out for his size and ability. Now, we know he's a fantastic inset marker. He takes a lot of kickouts as well with uh, Melbourne, which is fantastic. And he should be a regular scorer. Now, uh, a couple of years ago when he was at Gold Coast, he averaged 77 and 75 in his last couple of years there. He's only 48% owned, and I think he could potentially be one of a, one of your better defender pickups uh, because if he can find that form, he has shown this ability. He's finally getting a run at it. Um, yeah, and obviously it's going to be in that uh, Melbourne backline a bit, so it could be one to look at. Yeah, I don't mind that. We talked about him on the Waiver Wire podcast on Monday night. Sign up as a member if you want to get access to that. But uh, yeah, basically you echoed what I said on Monday. Don't mind him as an option, especially for one of your last defender um, yeah, guns that, or players that you need. Uh, Bailey Fridge, 84 points from him. Uh, basically, his first good scoring game of the year. Kicks two snags, but was up the ground a lot as a bit of a, a link player through the guts for Melbourne, which uh, kind of um, explains his nine marks there. Look, I do like him, especially as that back forward DPP, but his bad and his good are a long way apart. And at the moment, Melbourne are a bit hard to figure out probably who's best 22 and who's playing where and, and if they're any good and if that's going to correlate to good scores for their players. Now, I think he's probably going to be rated quite highly. I don't think you'll be getting Fritch off anyone for cheap, but uh, look, he's, he's handy. And if you are in, in the market to have a player to DPP, I reckon he could be one to potentially target if his scores continue to you know be average to, to mediocre. Yeah, I'm just yet to be convinced he's going to make that jump to someone who's super, super reliable. Mm, but um, yeah. he definitely... Yeah, he's, look, he's, he's, his good games are good and his bad games are atrocious. He's mature. He was a mature age pickup, wasn't he? Yeah, so, yeah he's like 24 yeah, or something. Yeah, I like think that. what we're seeing now is probably going to be the best of uh, Bailey Fridge. Yep. Uh, On to the Tigers. Josh Caddy had 87 points. Uh, just another classic Josh Caddy game. Uh, way too far and too... Way too few and far between for him. Look, pedigree-wise, he's got good scores. 2016, he averaged 86. Then he went 75, 80, uh, 70 last year, and he's averaging 63 this year. Now, potentially, you might see a bit of a bump with the injuries that we've seen at Richmond and the, and the guys not going to the hub. Now, he averages two tons a year. So, uh, considering he basically knocked out a ton on the weekend, uh, Corona Styles, he's only got one more in him for this year. But uh, look, as a forward, he could be... Uh, an option forward, but he could also be one that you could sell high as well. If you're um, if you are not chasing a flag and you do have him, I think you could get something half decent for him because his scores are okay, his pedigree is good, and for me, especially in like a 
10 to 12, 16 man keeper league. He's not a keeper. I think the last few years he's been um, always know, in the pool. Always yeah. in the pool. And, you know, a, a fine draft. But uh, if you can get someone for something for someone who's not going to be a keeper come years in, I think Caddy basically fits that bill perfectly. Yeah, if you could turn him into a young keeper option, uh, it wouldn't be the best trade, I don't think. Correct. It wouldn't be the worst trade, sorry. Yeah. Now, uh, Jackie Higgins had 73 points. Heff, are you eating your words yet? Um, yeah, I think I said that last week, didn't I, though? I want it on the record. But last week, yeah, he's he's well, I'm, yeah, he's turning into a very good scorer. Still, like, again, he's not 2G4, but no, no, not no, getting no, to no, those no, rounds, no, no, but he's no, playing no. pretty well. Now, I was uh, talking to a listener very uh, constantly during the week about fielding mm-hmm. Jack Higgins last week, and I said, mm-hmm. yes, definitely put him on. Mm-hmm. So, helped him out there. Um, but also, last week, I put out a little snippet, a little video, saying that I was the one who bought into the Jack, Hibbard, uh, sorry, Jack Higgins hype as a junior, and you never really bought him. So, you know, you can't... You yeah, can't but then last every, year you bagged yeah, yeah. him. You can't have everything your way, guys. You know? I'd like to. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he's had scores of 79, 60, 70 and 73 this year. So, he's uh, going along nicely. Really loving the way he's going about it too. His tackle numbers do need to lift. I want some more tackling from you, Jackie boy. But uh, look, he could have a big month or so without Koch and Meatball in there. And um, while there is a slight chance he could lose forward status next year, I think he's probably more likely to pick up a, a DPP next year, which could make him quite handy because he's still spending a bit of time forward but he's rolling through that uh, that midfield a bit more now um, uh, do you reckon he can kind of push up to an, an 80 90 kind of player with no uh, cotchin meatball in there Hef? Uh, potentially, yeah. Uh, over the next month or so, month, I could yeah. see him getting to that 80 mark at the very best case, I reckon. Mm-hmm. I don't think we go too much further than that. Okay. Yeah. Just not there yet. Yeah. Uh, lastly, Jake Arts, 54 oh, points. Sorry, just back on that. I just think they'll kind of run with your Grahams and bring in some other yeah, kind of I was, was going to bring that up in yeah, a second, yeah. actually. Uh, Jake Arts, 54 points. Uh, looked more than capable in his first game. Look, he's 25 years old. Uh, good size about him, though. Uh, 15 touches, three marks, and a couple tackles. Just kind of fits into that high-pressure forward ring roll, wing roll. Sorry, at uh, Richmond, that they all look the same. Uh, you know, Lambert, Caddy, Arts, basically, they're all twins. Um, he probably should get more opportunity in the hub. He played a good first game and, uh, you know, brought some good pressure. So, if you are uh, an owner or interested, I think he, he'll continue his run for the next month. I'm just wondering how many more arts puns there could be because I saw fine arts uh, on the weekend. Oh, I haven't even seen uh, one. Visual arts. I don't know. There could be there could be a few more. Yeah. Okay. Like creative arts. I don't know. There could be a few coming out this weekend. Don't don't encourage Brian Taylor. <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, Brian, uh, I don't want to hear any of that G'day, shit. Brian, if you're listening. You always listen. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, talking about the hub bumps, um, look, I think you want to have um, – I think Liam Baker could get a big bump because him and uh, Shane Edwards are quite similar in terms of that – um, you know, high pressure speed kind of players. I think he might find a few more CBAs. Jaden Short should get a very big bump. This is uh, absolute cream time for short owners with no Hooli. No Titch either, who does run back there a bit as well. Yep. So. And uh, yeah, Jack Graham, um, Jack Ross potentially through that midfield, replacing uh, Cochin and uh, Prestia, and potentially Shy Bolton, who um, is a classy player and surprised he's not dropped. But uh, thanks to our friend at uh, AFL Stats, mate, um, interestingly, Without Trent Cotchen, Jack Graham averages 84 points a game or something like that. So, yep. look out. He could be the, the one to go to for Good sure. stat. Thank you there, AFL Stats, mate. Give him a follow on Twitter. Yes. Now, on to the GWS Hawthorne game to round up this uh, round. I just want to put it, I don't know if we've discussed it. Is Nick Haynes too good for the pod? Yes. Is Harry Perryman too good for the pod? Yes. Okay, continue. They uh, played ripping games. Uh, Perryman has seriously been impressive this year. He has, uh, you know, we, we were both Haynes fans and know what he could do as a, you know, we always talked about him as that, 
consistent defender, he's taken his game to the next level. But yep. uh, Harry Perryman has been uh, fantastic this year. One of those players that was just soaring above on the breakout tracker as well. So, mm. a little bit of premium resource there for listeners. Well done. Um, speaking of the breakout tracker, really sad sight with Matt Rowe this weekend with the zero. Until he plays his next game, it goes... Yeah, it might be a bit oh, hard yeah. now with that zero in there. But anyway, yeah. anyway. let's move on to the what we're actually talking about. Radio. Uh, we'll talk about Heath Shaw. 91 points from him now. You know, he's kind of building to this season after the break. Yeah. He was uh, very slow off the mark, but he was their dominant ball mover from the half-back line. And I think he's going to be hard to get cheap now, but still definitely a player, as we basically say each week, for your flag hunters. Uh, you know who you are now. You know, most people, you know, if you've five and zip, you know you're hunting one. If you're zero and five, you know you're not. So, um, look, obviously Zach Williams being out helped him. Um, but look, at 24 touches and 19 of them being kicks, he's very hard to ignore even, you know, when he has the occasional stinky game. Just realised I actually own him in one of my keeper leagues and he's just sitting down here on the bench. Right now, as I'm on air recording, I'm bringing him back onto the field right now for Mason Redmond. Save changes in. I forgot I even had him. That's a little Christmas gift for yeah, Heffy. I forgot I had him. <laughs> um, Harry Himmelberg, 84 points from him. His best game for the year, but a genuine anomaly. Look, he'll pop up and kick goals from time to time. He had a couple 90s and 100 last year, but just very unreliable. But, you know, anytime you're making six tackles and uh, four goals is the key. But I think until like a Jeremy Cameron or Jeremy Finlayson go down, I don't think he's a startable option for me, even as a ruck forward. Uh, look, it's handy and potentially you could loophole him through your, your ruck position maybe, but uh, I wouldn't get too excited just yet. And lastly for the GWS, it is Tom Green. 59 points from him. And ladies and gentlemen, this guy is the real deal. His 59 points came from only 61% time on ground. And his 51 the week prior came from only 67% time on ground. Now, he accumulated a bit more than last week, uh, but still only had the 14 touches, but did have the five tackles, which I love. I love that pressure from a kid, which means he has more than one string to his bow. And surprisingly, he's only 54% owned. So if you can get him off the wave wire and you are keeping, I'd jump on board. And I'd also have a sneaky wager on him for Rising Star, because I think if anyone can kind of steal it from Matt Rao, it will be uh, Tom Green. And if you're an AFL Fantasy Classic player, if you trade Rao down to Green, it nets you about 220k, I think, maybe even two. 30. So that's a really good downgrade, especially you're probably going to get a player that's likely to stick around in a side. Mm-hmm. Touch wood with Taranto coming in and doesn't push him out. But anyway. Mm. Uh, for Hawthorne, big boy, 81 points. He topped the scoring for Hawthorne. Wow. That boy. is a dirty, dirty night for Things you, Hawthorne Things you wouldn't have believed Hawks. a week ago. Correct. So I would like to know, there's surely some stat. I know injuries and all that play a role, but who's gone from scoring six points to 81 points, basically playing the same amount of time on ground? That is uh, phenomenal. Rise Anyway But uh, have we seen The end of him As a defender Because he was getting An absolute bath On Sunday night And then kind of Went forward Went into the ruck Had 17 hit outs And kicked two snags Look I know That was uh, kind of Due to um, Mitch Lewis Going down Um and he's a bit more dangerous in real footy and fantasy footy when he does get in the ruck and get up the ground. But Johnny Segler had 20 hit outs himself. And uh, look, it sounds like John Patton's coming back in next week. So it's a conundrum. Like, is he back? Is he not back? What do you do if you own him? What do you do if you have him? Do you even think about starting him? I don't know. My, my head's hurting just trying to think about it. Yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's really hard because I think he is pretty useless as a defender. So yeah. I don't think he's going to be playing there too much more. Mm-hmm. What we're going to have to worry about is whether one if one plays up forward and one plays in the ruck, it's kind of, I guess, they'll be okay. But it could be get to a genuine like point where that they only play one of them. They become unfieldable? 
Well, well there's none of them. I reckon there's, they're almost so. unfieldable when they're both in there and they're, they're fieldable when there's only one. The thing is, though, Mitch Lewis out um, mm. this week should see Big Boy playing up forward, would you think? No, nah, apparently Patton's back in. Okay, Patton straight back into that. Mm. So, But they're still... I don't know. It's it's yeah. very... It's yucky. He might not even play too much more. I don't know. It's if he's not, yucky. If he's not playing as a defender, don't know. if he doesn't fit in their forward line, mm. who do you play out of Big Boy and Segler in the ruck? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they're pretty close, aren't they? I think that big boy is a better ruckman, but look, yeah. obviously Clyco, who's a mad genius, knows better than me. So I just don't know why they're not rotating them up forward. Like that seems like the smarter option for me. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, anyway uh, last player to talk about is Jack Scrimshaw. He had 44 points, and I was really loving his game until he injured himself. I uh, had 45 points coming from only 36% time on ground, and uh, actually was the 11th highest scoring hawk. Uh, which is amazing considering he only played basically a quarter and a bit. Um, 11 touches, four marks and a tackle. I think he looks like the new Grant Birchall. He's got the same size, bit loping, uses the ball fantastically. The the Hawks love the ball in his hands. Just hoping his injury is not too serious. Um, We'll miss this week apparently. I think he might miss a a couple. What does it say? Yeah, TBC. Boo. But uh, look, at 34% owned, if you are getting to your point where you're kind of making a few changes to – to take some players into next year, I think you could uh, make a case of him to, um, you know, stash if you can. Yeah. I don't mind. Well, I own him uh, this year, so I picked him up in our draft this Tough year. Tough to keep, though. It depends what he does for us. I've got, you know, the rest of the year mm. in three weeks' time anyway to see how he does. Um, yeah, look, and I've got some good defenders coming through as well, so I'm not sure if he's one. And just going the injury history as well, he's probably not the most sturdy player. But um, he's definitely got talent. Shown, he's definitely got shown talent. potential this yeah. year. Yeah. All right, that uh, wraps up the round rewind. We'll move on to some projections. Onto the projections. We are already uh, over an hour into this podcast. Quality so content. We have will smash quality content so we can get to everyone's favourite segment, which is the listener questions. Uh, captains this week. Oh, I'm picking Lockie Neal as my best captain option. Uh, just going on, basically on form at the moment. Um, loves playing at the Gabba at the moment as well, which I'm pretty sure they're playing this weekend. Yeah, uh, on Thursday night against Geelong. So yeah, he averages 99 there as well. So pretty happy with that one. He'll go big this week. Brody Grundy always up there. Max Gorn versus the Gold Coast as well. He averages 101.5 against them. 131 last weekend. He's pretty hard to look past, I think. Um, Adam Trelaw back into it straight away. If you've got him, uh, all my numbers here, so that's uh, the opposition average, venue average, last round average, last versus opposition, and his current average are all above 100. So he hasn't got anything below 100 in any of these kind of projection numbers here. Uh, Clayton Oliver has a really good history against the Gold Coast as well. Averages 121.6 against them. Had 100 61 against in the last time he played as well. So while he's not having the best season... He might not even get in the team. Have. Yeah, I know. While he's not having the best season, the numbers against this side are quite good. And, you know, if he does, you know, have to get a rocket put up him, this might be the week he fires back as well. So, again, going on form, probably not the best pick up pick, but uh, look, the history that is there, okay? So just... Uh, Think about that one. Uh, going to some streamers, went through these on the waiver wire, but I like Oscar Allen this week against the Crows just because they give up 
bulk points. Um, he, obviously, oh, sorry, he also averages 77 against them. Had 82 the last time they played. Uh, David Mundy, if Fife is out, I've got him. So that's a big asterisk there. Fife is out. Keep your eye on him. Uh, he had 79 last weekend. So that's a pretty big bump when you consider his average over the last five games is 60. So also averages 86 against Frio. So think about that one. Birchall just basically has good numbers against every side just due to his long career. But he averaged, uh, sorry, he scored 110 the last time he played against Geelong as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse Hogan was in pretty good form on the weekend. Um, looking a lot better anyway. He was taking some good marks and things like that. Um, averages 85 against St. Kilda. So one to think about. Stephen May hasn't played against Gold Coast yet because he was injured out, uh, out injured most last year. But uh, loves Metricon Stadium. Averages uh, 81 there in his old stomping ground. Also at 85 last week there. So I don't mind him as a streamer if you're desperate this weekend. Uh, looking at loopholes for the Thursday night game, uh, Hugh McClugger, uh, he's in some great form. So consider him for your vice captain. Um, averaging 101 from his last three. So that's pretty good going mm-hmm. there. Also had 125 last time he played Geelong too. Sam Menegola is one to think about. He averages 96.7 against Brisbane and averages uh, 96.5 at the Gabba. Had 89 last week. At 97 the last time he played Brisbane. Uh, definitely think about the VC on him for a loophole. Uh, Mitch Robertson, um, Robinson, sorry. Um, he averages 80.9 against Geelong as well. Loves playing at the Gabba. Scores well there. Had 109 the last time these teams played. And Jared Berry, um, look, just going on his last three round averages and going at 93. Just seen it picking up. So he'd be interesting uh, to put the VC on and get around if you play the Thursday night loophole. What about my boy Jared Lyon? Surely he gets a VC. Yeah, chance. two G4 VC. Ah. That's I don't tr- bother with the superstars. Like you know, Neil wasn't in there, obviously. Mm. So, <laughs> um, look, bench uh, options: Oscar McInerney. Um, if you're probably you're probably handcuffing with Stefan Martin, so this might not work. But if he's your second ruck, definitely worth checking on the bench just in case he doesn't go as big. But uh, you'll most likely loophole him on because he'll do a good enough job. Uh, Cam Guthrie. Um, he's averaging seventy three over his la- seventy seven over his last three weeks. Um, just he didn't perform that well last week. So if you're thinking about playing him, maybe just bench him and see how he goes um, before we start bringing him on. Virtual I talked about before. Um, so, yeah, just think about him as maybe a bench option as well. Um, he was one of your streamers. But, yeah, definitely wonder you, you've got the opportunity to put him on your bench. So think about him there. Uh, Blitzarves averages 76 against Brisbane. Also averages 81.2 at the Gabba. Had 82 against him last time they played. So he'd be a good uh, bench option to sing on. And same with uh, Darcy Fort as well, I Reckon. Um, yeah, he's only a forward in Ultimate Footy, so there you go. Hmm. Um, yeah, so as a forward option, he'd be worth considering, especially if he's rucking and could uh, get a few extra points through hitouts there. Anyway, smash through the streamers, that's pretty good. Uh, talk about membership. So, Wave Wire podcast come out every Monday night. We've got the breakout track, which is updated weekly. I might do a video on the breakout tracker just to kind of give you a few um, updates on how players are going and who we're identifying as some good breakout candidates at the moment. Um, the breakout tracker, yeah, updating every week, as long as all the data as well that goes with it. So, Get your hands on that by becoming a member. Projections are also up each week. Now, we read out five gold members each week, um, but we're up to our last five gold mm. members. Um, so, we have 103 gold members in total. Um, awesome. We've got silvers as well. Um, but, yeah, this is the people that are kind of paid the extra 10 bucks to have their name read out and get, out, get into our private Facebook group, which... 
goes off pretty much every. There's usually a question every day and a generous, mm. like a good amount of discussion yeah. in there each day. So it's a really handy tool to have, especially if you don't want to discuss with your league mates or want Correct. to see them. Correct. Um, actually, see what you're posting. Or, or quite often, there's multiple league members in the group and they will just <laughs> piss on each other anyway. But uh, it's fun. It's, it's quite funny to actually read. Okay, uh, so do you want to read the last five gold members before we have a heap sign up next week? Obviously, would be an absolute yeah. honour to thank Brody, Jared, Alexander, Binks. Pete Brown, Adam Rachin, and Rich. All right. Thanks, Rich. Uh, thanks to those five who uh, signed up uh, recently. So that's all of our gold members. So we won't be reading them out unless we get a few more. So, um, yeah. Thinking about, uh, you know, getting a few more, though, uh, podcast reviews. We've got a new mm-hmm. one, Case. Yes. So this one's from Faz Mountain. Faz okay. Mountain. Yes, Faz Mountain. And he's written, Hidden Gem. I've been playing draft comps for almost 10 years now and I've only just stumbled upon this diamond in the rough. Um, we've only been going for two years, so don't don't be hard on yourself. Um, astute analysis, great humour, and all from a couple of Adelaide lads. Who'd have thunk it? Uh, this Jack Bowes owner in all leagues, thanks you lads, still wouldn't recognise him if he stood up in my cereal <laughs> and slapped me in the chops. So on you, mate. On you, Jack Bowes, for having such a good season as well. And, my uh, boy, Jack. Getting that defender status has made a few people happy. So All proud. right, let's move on to the uh, the segment everyone loves, and that's the listener questions. All right, on to the listener questions. We'll try to get through these um, a bit quickly, so we don't have to be here for another hour. So. First cab off the rank from Facebook. We got all the Facebook ones first tonight. Um, Adam Clayton, um, I'm able to keep two Rockies in my list for next year. What order would you currently rank Nick Hoffield, Tom Green, Grime Myers, and Jordan Dawson? Um, me personally, I like Nick Hoffield and Tom Green. I like Hoffield with the defender status. I like him more than Jordan Dawson with the defender status. And I think Tom Green is going to be a future Jet. So that's the two I've picked. What do you think? Firstly, Adam, you have fantastic rookies, so yeah. uh, you must be either very well researched or listen to the bias on this podcast. But um, I have to agree with you there, Hef. I think um, I think yeah. I even grind more as your boy. You love he's that my guy. boy. He's my boy. But uh, look, the way Caulfield's been playing, I think he's almost a must go in. And, and what Tom Green's done the last couple of weeks uh, on minimal time on ground, I think is very impressive. I, th- I think the only knock for Green would be that he's at GWS and there are. Mm-hmm. Shit ton That's of the uh, main good thing players. I about, yeah. hmm. Jordan Dawson, I, I can kind of forgive. Uh, I don't know. Grind Myers is going, but I still think that you could put someone like Grind Myers back in a pool and still sneak him. You know, maybe second round in a draft next year. I think he might. He could slide. I don't know. I don't so know. So who are you going with? Yeah, the same as you. Coffee and green. Good. Yeah. Next question uh, from Dave Simpson: Is Dougal Howard worth persisting with? Uh, in super coach maybe, but he's not one I'd be looking for in fantasy unless you get start getting points for spoils. I think he's a world record spoiler. I'd That's love to it. put spoil points in our league. Yeah, I w- I don't care. Maybe yeah, just fun. I, I like keeping it in a line with AFL Fantasy Classic. You're such traditionalist. We just don't have to research two different games, really. I just like that. We okay. do enough We do enough research and work on AFL Fantasy, I think. Fair enough. Uh, Wayne Gartner, are there any players who were 2G for P that are becoming RTPA, which he says relevant to pod again? Just on that, I think I'm going to go B2P. Back to the pod. Back to pod. Back to pod, yeah. Back to pod. 
Yeah, starring Michael J. Fox. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Uh, players that might be worth, uh, sorry, that maybe are worth grabbing to plug gaps, but wouldn't be kept at the end of the year. Who have you got, Hef? Uh, I wish I put some research into this one, but I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking off the top of my head here, Jordan Dawson. Fucking hell. <laughs> Jordan Dawson. <laughs> He's almost coming back to the pod. <laughs> and, uh, 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 Phillips from Collingwood. Tom Phillips well. has had a stinker. Yeah, yeah, but now I might get forward status as well, so he might not be there. Um, sorry, that's all I can think of at the top of my head. Look, genuinely at the moment, Darcy Parish is pod relevant. Uh, I just don't know why they're not playing him in the midfield. I think it's, it, this is almost this has shades. He's not as good, so I'm not going to say it's like this, but it's it's very reminiscent of Josh Dunkley last year, where they were playing him out of. Uh, position and then he goes into the midfield and then becomes a very good player. Now, I thought I had thought that with no merit last week that Parrish would be one that goes straight in there, but no. Um, look, Sam Walsh is a bit of a, a tongue in cheek one, um, as someone who's potentially not good enough anymore. But uh, look, someone like you know, when we talk about people being too good for the pod, you almost go on in a bit of a you know, you talk you, you break out track a half where you, you get you, you get older and you get better. Yeah. But there's also players who come down the other end of the the spectrum there. So I think Rory Sloan is one who's almost coming into Yeah, he's pod very close to being back on the pod, isn't he? Um, you know, th- those guys of that ilk who are, you know, bit aging in the midfield and, and their points are dropping, you know, like a Joel Selwood last year who uh, who's yeah. rectified his career. But Rory Sloan's one who's very interesting uh, to me, who's he's obviously got some fantastic fantasy game, but he's either, you know, the, the Crows are just screwed or he's injured and he's carrying something, but uh, his, his numbers are very pod worthy. My thinking, my thinking now with the BTP, sorry to go a bit mm-hmm. sideways here, but what I'm thinking is maybe we go um, – like generally what we do in our preseason research, we get rid of the top 150 players in the comp and mm-hmm. go from below that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm thinking that guys that um, that uh, were in the 150 the year before, mm-hmm. we don't talk about them for the entire season, but then the next season they come back to the pod. And mm-hmm. so we don't have to be going, oh, this guy's back to the pod, but then three weeks he like, you know, Dunkley, for example, last year, we would have brought him back to the pod early and then fucked him off again like Correct. a week later. So um, maybe we, that's the way we look about it. We have to think about that one. Anyway. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, next question. Stuart Ward. Stuart Ward. Now, Dynasty League question. Off the back of some unexpected breakouts, I'm suddenly a contender earlier than expected. How hard does one go chasing a flag with compromising the list integrity moving forward? Um, look, from personal experience, and I think you've got a bit of personal experience in this one too, Case. Heartache, I believe, is the term. <laughs> I wouldn't go too hard. I was one of the lucky ones that traded out all my young guns to uh, get a decent side in in one year and lost in the f- – so I finished fourth, I think it was. But mm-hmm. before going into finals, I just managed to trade out all my young guns, get all these old guys that were retiring for basically peanuts. So I got in, you know, Sam Mitchell, Nick Rewalt, um, Matt Prittis, like a heap of guys in that could still go big mm-hmm. in finals. And I got rid of blokes like, uh, I think Lockie Weller was one early. Mm-hmm. I think I got rid of, I got rid of Ed Kerno when he was having a, a decent year, but he's not that young. Mm-hmm. There was another young, Trent DeMont I got rid of. There was a few that I actually got rid of that were good young players coming up um, to get these kind of old guys in for one last crack. And I lost the first round of finals. And I thought my team that was looking pretty good, like, like you know, Grand final worthy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just lost three players out of nowhere. I'm um, mm-hmm. thinking I was going to be a shoe in for the flag. Um, luckily, I drafted well the next year and won the flag the year after that. But my team came crashing to a halt after that because they were on their last legs. So look, cashing in, you're cashing in your, all your talent, and then flopping in finals is the worst. So what I'd suggest from experience is 
don't plan for this year. Even if you're in contention, plan for the next year and the year after that. Okay, mm-hmm. that's where you should be looking, especially if you're a bit unexpectedly. That way, if you don't win it this year, you can still look forward. Yep. Don't go all in and just fuck your team. Yes. So uh, the famous story of my life is I got rid of uh, Sam Doherty and Josh Kelly for Sam Mitchell and who was the other guy? Uh, I don't even know who the back oh, no. was. I know. I ended up with Sam Mitchell after you, though. After yeah, I know. That, so. Someone. <laughs> anyway, someone old. That wasn't any good. Matt Boyd, I think it was. That's right. I traded out Dunkley as well after his second year to you. Yes. Or something. Yes, correct. Yeah, anyway. uh, but look, uh, big regret. I bombed. I think I went out in straight sets and that was the end of me. Now, I'm kind of on the back end. I'm coming back up. I've got, you know, good solid 13 to 16 young players who um, are ready to go. So, I'm almost, you know, like if I go, okay, this year I'm happy, but... Next year, if you've got your, if you can keep that solid group of keepers, say it's 10, 15, 16, 20, whatever it is, and then you go into that next season draft and just pull, you know, like old discarded guys that no one wants and top up, and that's how to do it, I think, from, from, from my experience. Yeah. I think if you're trading away someone who could be an absolute A-plus grader uh, for, you know, someone who's on their last legs in a way, it's it's fraught with danger yeah good advice top up through the draft um, when everyone else is going to be going for the kids you can pick yep. up some older Correct. heads when you're ready to go so I'm yeah. very comfortable next year that my draft is just going to be experience and, and proven scorers okay um, Nathan is uh, would you wait until Tom Phillips hits form to sell or keep him for the long haul what would you do um, look if he gets forward status you'd uh, probably keep him or sell him but I just don't know if he's got any currency like people might take a risk on him I'd, yeah. I'd be willing to take a risk on him but what I would be willing to give up I'm not too sure now he's got forward status in AFL Fantasy Classic you can have so many people sniffing around mm. like I'll give you a packet of chips for uh, Tom Phillips like that's basically the extent of the trade you're going to get because you're going to get guys that are trying to be sneaky mm-hmm. and get him off you which has worked for me in the past for mm. people that aren't as uh, astute yes. but uh, look if you listen to this podcast you're not going to fall for that no. so um, look I would hold out on him just if he gets forward status for you then it's going to be sweet um, but then if he doesn't I'd still back him to bounce back in the future as well so yeah. I'd at least be holding for the year reassess the start of next year look at a few preseason games see how he's going and then look yeah. it re- really depends on your, your, your side too because if like for me I don't need a forward so Tom Phillips as a forward doesn't really do anything for me I need him to bounce back to his numbers as opposed to you know him having DPP kind of in a way yeah. so you know if you're if you're, you know, lacking in forward options, then sure, go for him. But if you just want someone who, you know, you know same as James Harms, they're not having great seasons. They've, they've had good seasons previously, but their form's down. Um, you know, you're more hoping for a bounce back and, and a DPP switch isn't necessarily doing that for you. All right, uh, at Russ2468, I think we kind of answered this before, but we'll mm-hmm. read it out. Um, with Clarko chopping and changing the Hawthorne ruck against GWS, do you feel that Segler and McAvoy are too much of a liability to field as an F and B respectively? I honestly uh, don't know what to do. Yeah, I, I would hate to be in the situation to own either. Look, I you know, at the same time, my last forward and my last forward wouldn't be better than Segler, I don't think, at the moment. So for me, I'd still probably field Segler as a defender. And if if uh, McAvoy is playing as a defender, he's trash. Get him off. But I think you just need one of them to go out, and then one of them will be good. The, so. the, but Segler is a safer bet because he's more likely to play ruck. Whereas if you're oh, fielding, point in time, yeah, but yeah. if you're fielding big boy, he could be having a six or he could be having a 71 or whatever it is because yeah. it really is depending on where Clarko puts him on that night. So he's the danger one and potentially someone you have to, you could only loophole uh, at the moment still, I think. 
All right, uh, at Trav014, in a keeper league, if you're not challenging, do you cut players at season's end based on this year's output or back them in when the season is back to normal? So I can't answer this before as well. His examples were Harms and Phillips. Um, I reckon you back them in just because this is a weird season. Players are playing in different roles. People are playing different time on ground, all that sort of stuff. You never know. Like Players that have a better endurance probably are suffering a bit as well, like mm. guys that uh, rely on other players tiring out a bit and that's well, where Phillips they do their dirty runner, work. Yeah, exactly. Runner, yeah. So... Um, um, yeah, that's probably having an effect there as well. So I would hold f- at least for things to go back to normal. Look, yeah, I think the same with me. I think I, if I was owning, owning Harms or Phillips, I don't think I'd be getting rid of them, you yeah. know, dropping them because you've seen what they can do and they're still in the, they're still in their side's best 22. Like until they find their way, you know, into the, the scratch matches, I don't think you'd, you'd be pulling the trigger on them. Yeah. Uh, at DanK101. Picked up Waterman this week. Thoughts on him as a keeper prospect. Also, Curtis Taylor had a good score on the weekend and looks like a talented player. I'm curious to know what you think of him as a long-term keeper prospect. Cheers, guys. Really enjoy the podcast. Um, all right. I'm a big fan of him as a long-term yeah, prospect. I, Talked yeah. about him earlier. But yeah. uh, has a lot of tools to make him a good fantasy player. Has a bit of an outside game, but can take a mark and kick a goal as well. Mm. Be out forward for a few years, I reckon. But give him a couple. I reckon he could be breaking into that side yeah. a bit more and scoring well. Agreed. As I touched on earlier, I think he could almost be Jai Simkin 2.0. Woo! And he's in my side. Mm. Um, at Nathan is 16. This is one for you because you're an owner here, Case. Yes. Uh, MP's back in two to three weeks. Uh, Tom, is he worth stashing on your bench? Would depend on your squad. I have him in my rookie list, so uh, for a free swing, and I was very happy to get him there because he's a very good player. When he's up and about, Hawthorne's back line's struggling a bit, you know, with injuries. Uh, Blake Hardwick's not back to his best. James Sisley's scores are down, you know, Scrimshaw's out. I think there's definitely a... A, a world where he kind of almost slots straight back in. Uh, will his scoring be there straight away? That would be my only query. Now, we've seen someone like Hardwick come back and basically punch out three shit scores and one good score because of match fitness or just general fitness. So, uh, MP's one I'd, I'd probably want to monitor. If you can afford to hold him, you know, in a, in a big list kind of thing, uh, I'd, I'd give it a go. you got nothing to lose. All right, last question, Kay. Read it out for us. Uh, at South Ost, what did Clarko do to Sicily? Well, whatever it was, I don't think it was too pleasant because he's been punished for it. Um, he's just fallen off the face of the earth, hasn't he? He hasn't been great. Yeah, I've been following his scoring really closely, but he's not popping up anywhere no, for he me. He's not a. He's yeah. not a, a. He's not the sick dog of old. Yeah, he's actually the sick dog. Like he needs to be put down. He's unwell. Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, I don't know. What do you do if you were a Sicily owner? Um, you got to hold, don't you? Cry. Yeah. Uh, you hold for now. You're not going to get anything for him. You, you, could. Just gotta- you might. People. People want Backman. People are stupid. Yeah, I get yeah. you. <laughs> throw, some, <laughs> throw some stuff out there so you can get See what he's worth. Uh, yeah, see how cheaply you could get him. Um, but if you own him, I would hold. I would hold just in case he comes back. Is that what you do? Um, no, I'd trade him. Okay. I'd see what you can get. I'd put him out there That's classic you. onto an open mark. I love the trade. Give him away for peanuts, then he'll come back. Look, That's you exactly know, and, and, if I, and I'd trade him and he'd go out and score 120 each week for the next, you know, 10 weeks. That's this what, what happens. actually would happen. Anyway, lucky you don't own him. All right, let's yes. wrap it up. This podcast is now ticking over 82 minutes. So yeah. 82 minutes of pure fantasy gold, Hef. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, all right, let's wrap it up. So check out our links in the description to our social medias. Also, the membership stuff there mm. also I've been appearing on uh, Potato and the Soy Boy um, Dos and Cam Seems from very Doctors. similar uh, you know 
pairing going on here. <laughs> anyway. Very um, similar. Anyway, uh, that's on Twitch on Wednesday nights. So I will be on that for the next couple of weeks at least until we find someone else to kind of relieve me a bit more. And if you don't hear from me in the future, you know what's happened. I've been sacked I from my own podcast. Mate, I couldn't. Every Batman needs his Robin. You know, I've got you here, mate. I need you. I need you just as much as uh, you need me. So anyway, well, let's, uh, let's move on forward. Let's finish this episode off <laughs> finally. All right. So see you later. Goodbye, Batman. Catch. Let's see you, Robin. Ha, ha, ha.